I felt the Lord really directing me and really changing what I want to say to you today and giving me what I want to say to you today. This will be possibly a little bit different from the way I usually preach. You may think it isn't when I finish, and if you think that, that's all right. It won't matter either way. But I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach, and you'll see what I'm talking about in just some moments from now. Father, I want to say today what these people need to hear. They're my brothers and sisters. They're people, Lord, that you have united me with in an assignment of ministry. You've called them into this church. You've called me as the pastor of this church. You are going to speak to us, Lord, today as you frequently do. Today, by your Holy Spirit, you're going to deal with people's hearts and you're going to talk to them about things in their lives that they need to hear. I pray that you will give them open hearts to hear and understand what you're saying today and minister to all of us in the work and power of the Holy Spirit today. In Jesus' name, amen. God called me to preach when I was a very young man. Before I was 20 years old, I knew that God's purpose for me was to preach the gospel. I came to a point in my life when I decided that I'd said all that I knew to say. I retired. And I had people ask me to come and preach for them occasionally. And most of the time when they would invite me to come to preach, I'd say, well, I'll, I'll think about that. I'll get back to you. And I never did. And sometimes people would come to me and say, well, well, why don't you go back and start preaching again? Why don't you go back and have a television program again? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And my answer usually was, well, there are all kinds of people out there preaching, and they're all saying pretty much the same thing, and I don't see the need for one more to get up and say the same thing. And, you know, I've chastised myself a few times over that, but the truth of the matter is I was right. There isn't any need for somebody just to get up and say the same thing. And that's why when I came here after praying almost three years about what God wanted me to do, and I found myself unexpectedly and surprisingly in this church as pastor, I decided that I was not going to preach the same thing I'd always preached. Now, I'm preaching the same gospel. I'm just saying things differently and preparing differently. And God's preparing me differently. Every Sunday he prepares me differently to preach. And I'm glad for that. I could have taken an easy road here. I could have gone back and dug into, I don't know how many pages. I've got CDs of sermons, outlines, and notes, and all kinds of things that have been transferred from paper to CDs. And... I could have gone back and pulled it. I could have preached every Sunday from the time I came here till today. I wouldn't have to get a new thing. I, I'd have, and I'd still have sermons left over for time to come. But God told me not to do that. And since I've been here, I've not preached one time a sermon that I'd ever preached before. Now, I'm not saying I've never preached on the same scripture. That I've preached on the same scripture more than one time here. <laughs> So I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about preaching the same message that I preached before. I have even decided, and I stopped this quite some time ago, I don't keep the written outlines. I don't happen to have one today, but when I do have one, I don't keep the written outlines of a Sunday. I don't save them in my computer, and I don't keep them on paper. Now you say, 
that is kind of foolish. And it could be in the future I may regret it. I don't know. But the reason I don't is I figure I've got all kinds of sermons accumulated. I'm not using them now. I don't plan to preach anything here that I'm going to come back and preach again. I'm not preaching anything I've ever preached before, so why would I come back and preach something the same thing here? My point is this. I'm going to try with all of my heart as, I, as, as, I, as carefully and as closely as I possibly can to hear God about what I'm supposed to stand up here and say to you. And so today the things I'm going to talk to you about are somewhat personal. If you have any interest in hearing my testimony, it is on our website. The very first messages, which would be at the bottom of the list, are pastor's testimony. Pastor's testimony part one, part two, part three. If you want to hear how I got saved, go listen to that sometime. It won't, it's only about 30 35, and it, I, I will tell you in that sermon that's on our website how the Lord saved me. And then I'll tell you other things in the other parts about how finally I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and called to preach. And I need to do that again here sometimes instead of talking about going to the website because when I did that, most of you weren't here. How many of you heard me when I gave my testimony here in the church? How many of you ever heard it? That's about eight or nine of you, so... I guess I could repeat that. <laughs> but it's on the website if you want to listen to it sometime before the Lord leads me to tell it again, if he ever does. I was thinking as, as the Spirit of the Lord was dealing with me early this morning about, about numbers of things because recently, and this is not, when I say recently, I don't mean recently in the last few weeks or even the last few months, but I mean, let me just say really over a period of, I'd say the last five years, the two and a half years that I've been here and two and a half or three years that I really got to praying and seeking God about his will and his purpose for me and what he had for me to do with the rest of my life, that I spent in prayer, earnest prayer, daily prayer, before I came here. And, and uh, what God did was he led me really back to his word. Now, I'd never stopped reading the Bible. I'd read a little bit of the Bible every day. But, you know, I, I just read a few, whatever it was, a few verses, a chapter or so. That God turned me back to his word. And I started to read the Word again, and I started reading the Gospels in particular. And I read the Gospels, and I reread them, and I read them, and I read them, and I read them again. I don't know how many times of these last four or five years I've read the four Gospels. I know many times I've read them, read them through in these last recent years. And then there's some other places, too, that God has used to capture my attention. I know this week in particular, I read Philippians and Colossians through a couple of times. And so I, I, I started thinking about how God has, has redirected me to his word. And all of this has to do with feeling like I have something to say. Where before, when I was retired, I said, well, the reason I don't preach is because I'm, I don't have anything different to say from what everybody else is saying. Now I feel like I do. I feel like God is giving me a fresh viewpoint has given me a fresh insight, and he has really shown me some things in his word that though I've read it for 60 years, I've learned some things in his word over the last uh, uh, two to three years that I did not know before. Uh, one day I'll take some of those unusual things. I brought some of them to you here, and I've pointed out to you that I, I and I've said on several occasions, I've never read these things by, from anywhere else because I read the Bible, and this is the insight God gave me into it, and I've shared them with you. And I'll continue to do things like that as, as, as God helps me to do that. But... I started thinking back over all the times of God's Word, and I, and I remember that I had several Bibles 
I don't know how many old Bibles I have. When I say old, you know, I mean the old volume. The word doesn't change, but all of my, all of my Bibles, almost all of them, and I, I pulled out three of them today. I didn't go back and look in the boxes, and I didn't bring every one I found for that matter either. I just brought three of them today. Because over the years as God has led me in his word and, and, and helped me in, in, re, in revealing things to me in his word, I would write things down on the, on the fly leaf of my Bible. I don't know if you've done that before or not, but the cover on these Bibles is, is genuine Morocco leather. The artificial these days is about as good as leather, but back in these days, when I bought these Bibles many years ago, Morocco leather was the best you could buy, and I always bought leather covers. So the covers are good, but the inside pages are falling apart. But I looked, and I, I, I just wanted to refresh my mind because I haven't looked at these things in, in a long, long time, and I wanted to see what the Lord was saying to me then. And I, I read some of the things that I had written on the flyleaf of these. This is just one of the Bibles. I don't know. Well, let's see. I'm going to say this Bible must be in the era of the 1950s because I've got a note scrawled on sideways on it here that says ordained August 26, 1956. So I'm assuming I was using this Bible to preach from in the 1950s. And these are some of the things that I wrote down. When I read them, I thought, that sounds just, it might even sound a little bit childish. But if it does, it does. This is the first thing I wrote on the flyleaf of this Bible. I don't know how long I had it when I wrote it, probably not very long. At the very top of the flyleaf, I've written this. If you knew Jesus like, excuse me, if you knew Jesus like I know him, you would love him too. And I thought, that's exactly the way I felt through all those years. I started out preaching. I preached in churches all over. I went to school in North Georgia, and, and I preached all over that area. My second year of school, a relative gave me a car. I've told you about that here. Gave me a car so that I could go out on weekends to preach in my second year of college, and I've I preached everywhere all over the area, all the way from North Georgia to Owensboro, Kentucky. I took that 19, little 1950 Chevrolet and drove it all over and preached the gospel from Elberton, Georgia and Royston, Georgia. To had a man call me from Royston, Georgia a few days ago. He didn't live there when I was going to school there. He was in school with me. He lived somewhere else, but he's moved back. A lot of people want to get back close to the school that, they, that we went to then. I'm not one of them, but... There are people like that, and, and that's great. It's fine. And uh, I, I, I asked him, I said, is that little Pentecostal holiness church over there on such and such a street in, in Royston, is that still there? He said, well, I think they've changed it to this or that or the other. I said, well, I preached a revival there back when we were in college together. I, I, I went and preached a revival in that church. He said, oh, so that's what happened to it. <laughs> <laughs> We, 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 were, we were good friends and our friends. And so, but, I, but I preached all over, and, and these, were, these were things that became meaningful to me. I, I, I wrote here, a Christian is a mind through which Christ thinks, a voice through which Christ speaks, 
a heart through which Christ loves and a hand through which Christ helps. And here's something else. There is a line by us unseen that crosses every path, the hidden boundary between God's patience and God's wrath. A little bit more serious on that point. But then I wrote this. I cannot tell how precious the Savior is to me. I only can entreat you to come and taste and see. Well, the pages are kind of brittle and some of it's falling apart and some of it's from use and some of it is from age. But it's sentimental. Maybe that's what it is. But it's also still true. It's still true. Do you know that nothing in that book has changed since I wrote in it back in those years? Nothing in that book has changed. It's, it's still today what it was then. It's still that. I, I've never thrown a Bible away. I may have lost some over the years moving here and there, but <clears throat> I've never thrown one away. I don't know how many others I've got packed away in boxes somewhere. I, I know you're glad I didn't find any more than these. <laughs> but I found this one. Here's another one I found. And this, this, I think this was my first red Bible. It doesn't look kind of faded from the red today, but, uh, but I, it's still marked up and, and, and all that. And, uh, I, and, but this is the Bible I really wanted to tell you about. Because there are things about the Bible that draw us together and touch our memory in special and precious ways. I was the pastor of the what is the first, was the First Assembly of God, and it was called Calvary Temple, First Assembly of God of Jacksonville at, uh, at uh, 5514 North Pearl Street in Jacksonville, Pearl and 45th Street in Jacksonville. Building still there, not First Assembly, not Calvary Temple anymore, called another Assemblies of God name now, but it doesn't matter. I was the pastor of that church, and this is the first amplified Bible that I ever owned. First Amplified Bible. And I still have it. And I still look at it sometime. Although with the internet today, it's, you don't really need to pick up the books very much, but I'm glad I picked these up. Because I looked at this one. I, 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 saw, I found this some time ago, not just this weekend. But this is what's written on the inside of this book. Now, this won't mean very much to you until I tell you a little bit about it. This is what's written on the inside of this page. The date on it is April 25th. 1973 and this is what it says to my pastor William P. Register may God's Holy Spirit continue to bless him and it's signed by the man that gave it to me C.E. Chick Wimble you remember I can, I, can, I can see him now, image. Chick Wimble, faithful, loving brother, faithful, loving brother. I don't know what caused him to decide to give me this book. April 23rd is no, of no special significance to me. It was just the time he just decided he wanted to give his pastor something, I guess. And, don't, and, and you know, I love people like that who just decide... It, it may not be big. I don't know what this cost. It probably didn't cost very much. 
I mean, it's not, it doesn't have the leather cover like the other ones that I own. That's okay. But the important thing is it says something to me from him. He wanted to do something for his pastor. And Chick, uh, he did a lot of things for me. He was a, he was a dear, beloved brother. And all of this, all of this I'm telling you because this is the kind of thing that has made me determine that I want to be a man of God's word. I want to be a man of God's word. Not just to live his word, to live his word, to know his word, to understand his word, to assimilate his word, to make it a part of my life. I want to be a man of the word. And that should be the desire of every single one of us. We ought to want to be a person of the Word. What the Word says is what we want to understand and know. What the Word says we ought to be is what we ought to be. The way it tells us to live is the way we ought to live. The challenges it has for us for faith and to believe is what we ought to accept and stand up and take the challenge of faith and decide we're going to believe everything that this book says and do everything this book tells us to do. This is the guide for life, friends. We're not worshipers of the Bible. We're not bibliolaters. We don't worship the Bible. But we do believe that the Bible is a revelation of God's truth. And you want to know how to gain faith? The Bible says this is the way to do it. It tells you how to do it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Or faith comes by hearing the Word of God. You hear it preached, you hear it taught, or you hear it in your spirit. But this Word, when you believe it and act on it and do what it says and decide that you're going to say what God says in your life, this is the Word that challenges you to rise up and believe God for the great and mighty things He wants to do in your life. Be a person of the book. The book, the book. This is the book that God wrote, and the book, the fact that God wrote it makes it more valuable than any other book in all the world that's ever existed. I would tell you, well, I will tell you why. I've gone to the English Standard Version to read it because they came out with a lot of versions of the Scripture, and some of them are just translated thought for thought. I have nothing against the NIV, but it's not considered a word-for-word translation. Nor do I have anything against the Living Bible. I've read in both of them. Other versions, the New Translation. The New Living Translation, it's called. I, I, I like that sometimes. But I read in the English Standard because it's the closest thing to the original languages as the King James was developed from the original languages and put in the uh, language of the 17th century when it was published in 1611. The English Standard Version is taken word for word, translated word for word from the Scriptures, but put in the language of today. But still, you will find it so very faithful to, as the King James is. Just makes it clearer in some places. So, so if you wonder why I've gone to the English Standard Version primarily, I read in others and study in others, and I always go back to the King James for comparison. But that's the reason for the English standard, because it gives us, and, and, and what we want, we want a clarity of understanding of the Word of God. It's so important that we know God's Word, that we understand God's Word, that we live and walk in God's Word. I want to be a person of the Word. I want to be a person who lives and knows 
and declares what is the truth of the word and stand on this word totally and completely in every way all the time, every day. Don't you want to be that kind of a person? Amen. 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 Some great things have been said about God's word. I'm going to pass on and tell you the next thing because I see my time has slipped. Just give me just a few more minutes. We had a few extra things today. Now I'm going to put to the test all of you who told you always come and tell me, oh, don't stop preaching, Pastor. Preach as long as you want to. Today I'll do that. Okay. I'll, I'll be fair with you. Be, but listen, I want to be a man of prayer. You know, the one thing, one thing that God has really taught me is that prayer, it, that one, we talk more about prayer, we teach more about prayer, we have more discussions about prayer, we proclaim more, we do everything more about prayer than we do pray. We have a prayer meeting, we talk about prayer. Not here, here we pray, but... I've, over the years, I've, known, I've noticed it. We used to call it the Wednesday night service prayer meeting, but they didn't pray anymore when they came on Wednesday night, so they stopped calling it that. But prayer, there's nothing, there's nothing that is more important than prayer, genuine, true, earnest prayer. This past, last week, the Lord led me to come out here every day, two, two hours a day to pray. I said, Lord, why do I need to go to the church? Go to the church two hours a day to pray. So I did, last week, every day, came out to and, 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 and David Rebar and Robert Kuzmerzik and, uh, and uh, Gary Spencer came and spent time with me in prayer. And uh, when I do it again, you're welcome to come too if you want to. Nothing secret about it. But, but God just moved and God just, God just moved in my heart and, and really in depth in a very special way and, 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 and just brought me deeper and deeper into a place of prayer. And, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm exhilarated by that today. Even right now, this day, last night in prayer, every day in prayer, that God just continues to develop the work of His Holy Spirit because of prayer. Because people in this church are praying and we want to be people of prayer. We want to be a church of prayer. This is what God is doing here is because of prayer. It's not because of talent. It's not because of program. It's not because of ability. not because of advertising. It's because of prayer and the moving of the Spirit of God. And prayer will cause God to move. Prayer will move the hand of God. You know, our brother and sister Cummings are here today from New Jersey. And I, I, I can't tell you how many times I've been moved by this little, well, it's not so little, but by this, uh, I don't know what to call that. What is it? Figure, figure, by this figure, by this figure. All right. I've been moved by this so many times. My heart's been stirred as I've looked at it. That's why when we started our days of fasting and prayer in the church, I brought it out here. Can you see it from where you are? Can all of you see it, David? Well, some of you are stretching around to see it. David, come here. Can you hold this up for me? Billy, I don't want to. Is it okay? This is kind of heavy. Not that you're not a man. He's got a heart condition. I don't know how to do it. He's got it. I'm just trying to be aware of it. I'm so proud to be with you. Hold, hold it up. For that's what uh, that's what Brother Cubbins gave me the last time they were here. And see, it, <laughs> so, 
and it, it honored me so much, not just the gift of it, but the, what it is, it honored me so much because it said to me that they recognized me as a person of prayer. And that's what, what we want to be. We want to be people of prayer, reaching out to touch God and believing God and accepting what God has for us as we believe Him, as we petition Him and believe Him because the Bible says God answers prayer. The Bible teaches us, being people of the Word, people of prayer, the Bible teaches us that God answers prayer. Hallelujah. How many of you have had an answer to prayer? You know it's an answer to prayer in the last 30 days. Amen. Amen. 